Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. This week's topic is The Keys to a Successful Eye Exercise Program, Part 1, Correct Technique. And in the second half of the podcast, we're going to answer a question from a client who asks, How can I speed up my vision improvement progress? So, Richard, how has the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Um, it's been a pretty uneventful week in terms of my eyes. I've been uh, continuing to do the presbyopia charts more formally again. Good. And that's helping me to read things without my magnifier again, so I'm back to that. Excellent. Uh, other than that, I'm doing my usual program, and nothing special there in terms of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I are d- special. Don't I, say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did have my brother visiting this week. That was that was very pleasant and fun. Yeah. And it's been interesting in that respect in that he has the same uh, eye condition that I have, the mm-hmm. optic atrophy. So it was interesting to compare our uh, eyes and to talk to him about vision improvement. Um, one of the things I... He's uh, somewhat more skeptical of the whole uh, vision improvement world. And are you still skeptical? Uh, no, I'm not skeptical anymore. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, it's an interesting... Uh, okay, have we cleared that now? We should, probably should yeah. have established that before we launch yeah, the vision yeah. self-healing. Yeah, you're true. It's very true. <laughs> no, he's an interesting person. I kind of like having him around and being skeptical because he's a good representation of the people who are a little on the like, wow, does this really work kind of thing. Yeah. And it seems like every family, it seems like we didn't get in families where immediately people <laughs> accept what we're doing, right? I think yeah. that's the... That's yeah. the norm. So I think probably everybody has that experience. Exactly. Well, and I'm the little brother too, so I know nothing. So yeah, you know, I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, but so after a week of spending with me and, and realizing, you know, my vision. So maybe 20 years ago, we had the same vision. We both had uh, 2200 to 2300 vision mm-hmm. 20 years ago, and now he's seeing 2400, 2450, and I'm seeing 20. 120, 2160, yeah. something like that. Which is excellent. Yeah. So he's, he, I think he's see, finally like seeing the divergence of, you know, he took this road, I took that road, and this is the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and he softened a bit over the week. And I think by the end, he, he was at least interested in trying some of the exercises. Yeah. So, And that really seems to be the way with this work, even our listeners uh, listening now, you might find that, you know, you come across these great exercises and it's working for Richard and I and it's working for our clients and they're probably even working for you. And you're all excited and you go and tell your brother or sister or friend and you're like, wow, look at these exercises. And they, they just go, no, no, not going to work. <laughs> no, they do. Are you sure? Are you sure they work? Yeah. Pro- prove it. And that's it. That's the proof <laughs> thing. That's another thing. If another uh, issue he has is like, show me the proof. Essentially, he doesn't yeah. come out and say that, but he, he yeah. definitely thinks. Other that. than the fact that your vision is nearly exactly four times better. Yeah, and we have we're in some ways we're twins separated at birth, and we went in two different directions. And yeah. here here's the result. If that's not, it's a study of two people, but yeah. it is sort of a to me it's proof. But mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it isn't. It has to be the scientific proof. Yeah, and it, I don't know whether it's even scientific proof, whether it's they just need a doctor or somebody yes. with an MD just to say yes, this works. It's almost it's almost like um, if just a doctor said it, even if there was no proof, if they just said, "Oh, you should try these eye exercises. I hear they're doing some good," I think people would just do them, just yeah, because it's that listening to an authority. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, the other aspect of it, and the other side of the coin, he took me to Lighthouse for the Blind store where they, they have all sorts of gadgets, essentially, for people with okay. disabilities. And I, I totally get why people do that. Mm-hmm. And it's very helpful to a lot of people's life. There was a funny point where they have a little electrode thing you put in your cup okay. so that when you pour water in, you know when it reaches the top. Oh. <laughs> and I, I picked it up by both electrodes and it made this squealing noise. Anyway, it was a funnier <laughs> moment at the, uh, at the Lighthouse for the Blind store. But so I get the, the benefit of all that as well. Oh, yeah. And um, so he enlightened me a, a little in that direction mm-hmm. as well. That's why it's called the Lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so... And um, so it was good in, in both respects. Yeah. So thought provoking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think he's going to be maybe doing some exercises, and maybe we'll we'll report on that someday. Yeah. So it's certainly one thing we've learned is you can't force anybody to do these exercises, and this is why we've set up Envision so open, so that people have to find us. Yeah. Uh, and they have to do the work because, from our experience, if you say. Look at these eye exercises. Go do these now. Yeah. If somebody isn't, you know, someone doesn't want to do it, then they're going to, you know, spend the next couple of years being skeptical, and maybe they might try it for a day and then just feel like this is rubbish. I'm not going to do this, or this is awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it was an interesting week in that respect. It was uh, it was good though. How about you? You had a very good week uh, this week. I think it was probably. Not overshadow, because that might be a negative word, but I think probably the, the highlight of my, my vision this week is us having Segway legs. Oh, right. right. In, <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> in Golden Gate Park. And for those of you that don't know what Segway is, it's the... Uh, I don't oh, think I God. even know what it is. It's those things that have two wheels and they stand upright and you stand on them and, and they move you around. Wow, that's right. a really poor description. We uh, should have thought yeah. about this a little bit. It's more. got two rubber wheels and a little platform and a and a handle that you grab that steers the thing. Yeah, and you stand upright. There was a movie recently with um, the guy from Queens, oh, J- uh, Kevin James. Okay, and he was a mall cop. Uh, you probably okay. it was, this movie was really stupid, so I didn't see it. and You didn't see it, but I saw the previews. And he runs around the mall on one of these oh, machines. Okay. It's almost like how you picture people in the future will be traveling, right? Because um, we're not sedentary enough in our existence. Right. So we uh, we now need something to move for us. Um, right, right. It's less than a car. So uh, anyway, so we so we went on this Golden Gate tour through the park, and uh, we had a great time. We did. Um, learned some new things about San Francisco and Golden Gate Park, which was great. But it was kind of funny. I, it's these things that um, you just do and sign up for. And it's only when you really get there do you think, oh, actually, I have a vision condition. And uh, this might not be the safest thing for me to be doing right now. It was a very funny moment to me because it was flashback <laughs> to like all those moments where you have a vision problem and you're suddenly signed up for some ride or some adventure thing yeah and you realize i can't see for they don't have, <laughs> have any idea how poorly i'm seeing yeah and i'm not going to tell them because yeah. i want to go on this thing i think the uh, i think something that stands out for me is when i i was a doorman for a couple of years right. uh, back at university and i was it was in a nightclub and it was only when i had done all the training and you know it signed up for everything all the paperwork was done it was only my first night of work when i was standing in a pitch black nightclub 
standing there as a dormer meant to be looking out for trouble did I realize that I have night blindness and I can't actually see anything <laughs> in the nightclub yeah um, so I, I felt a little bit use, uh, useless but I just uh, I just shaved my head and, and just tried to look as mean as possible which is and, about the whole job anyway right <laughs> and people tend to uh, behave themselves so but it was one of those moments really where we got there and I stood up on the on the Segway machine and then I realised that I probably wouldn't be able to tell whether I was moving forwards or backwards or not because of the lack of periphery. And right. The, and the fact that we would actually be going on roads and, uh, <laughs> and there was a group of uh, six of us. So was I going to be bumping into people? Right, or, right. And right. I'm, I'm looking at Will and I realise he has no idea that he's drifting backward into that curb. <laughs> and he's trying to figure out how to, do, how to not drift backward into the curb. But uh, at the same time, I'm like, don't say anything, don't say anything, because <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. want to screw up and not go. So, <laughs> so but it was good. It, it was um, pro- probably the biggest observation for me. It was, uh, it was a two-hour tour, and probably for the first hour, my whole focus was on my lack of periphery, yeah. and um, was I going to crash? And It was my whole focus, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what, what have I done? And, um, you know, what if this happens? And what if this happens? So, and of course, I noticed a lot of my, you know, when I was making mistakes and nearly crashed a few times and nearly wiped out a few people. But uh, the second half, once we sort of relaxed a bit once, and even once I spoke to some other people, because I spoke to somebody that had no vision conditions, and they said, oh, I just I just had my head facing forwards, and I didn't want to move or oh, anything. Yeah, I just yeah. was focusing on the person in front of me the whole time. So I was like, oh. Well, that's kind of what I was doing, except I was purposely trying to look in my periphery and I was determined not to be just looking in one direction because I didn't want to be, uh, you know, dominated by the the RP. So when he was like, oh, now look at this building over here, I was like, try and take quick flashes and uh, see what I could make out in my periphery beforehand. So uh, again, I mean, as always, I'm always proven wrong with these things. Um, And also I realized towards the end the mistakes I made previously had nothing to do with my vision. Right, right. It no. was just getting used to this machine. Right, right. It's true. Yeah, my machine was drifting like crazy as well. And when I would look around to, at objects that, you know, that I was supposed to, it's a tour, so you're supposed yeah. to look at things. Every time I did that, I, I would almost run into the person in front of me. So yeah. it's not, it's human nature too. It's not just your vision. So it's just very interesting that, um, that whenever these things happen, um, and you do have a condition that everything is just blame right. straight away on the condition and it just makes the anxiety worse and escalates and then you make more mistakes. And right. Then, and then the next time you know it, you're like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. And somebody with the same condition is like, do you think I could do that? And you're like, no, I don't think you can do it. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's fascinating to see how the psyche works with the vision. Yeah, it's how we create further limitation that we really that then we really need to. Yeah, we take just, a certain physical limitation and then we blow it up essentially with psychology and. I mean, I think a big part of it, especially with RP, is is embarrassment. You just yeah. you don't want to look a fool. I mean, I guess that's human nature. Yeah, but um, certainly that's something I notice with RP because people just assume because you have the central vision that you have good vision. Right. I mean, most right. people with RP have twenty twenty vision. Right. In their central vision. Uh, but not the periphery. And uh, I always find as well that, so he put me at the back. And I, whenever I go on these things, they always put me in charge of things to look, you know, and it's always me the one they should be looking right. after. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's always interesting being put in that role and I feel like you have to live up to it yeah. as well. But I did notice afterwards um, 
quite a big improvement in my periphery. Oh, I didn't have a chance to talk to you afterwards. It did. Yeah, oh, I great. remember when we were walking up a hill, and so we had these jackets on. We've got a picture on our... I'll put a picture up on our Facebook fan page of us uh, dressed up in our in our Segway gear, doing our doing our Segways. And you'll probably the picture that you'll see, you'll notice that I'm a little bit behind everybody else. And that's what <laughs> Richard was talking about, where I was having problems moving forwards and backwards. But anyway, as we were walking up this hill, I could make out people's jackets in wow. my periphery, like um, spots. Wow. Not, not completely, but I could make out certain areas. And I even noticed through to the next day an increase in my periphery from where I... Wow. Instead of before, I would have been anxious and just central vision, central vision, central vision. This time, I was like, okay, relax. Go into the periphery, you know, sort of try and use your peripheral vision as much as possible. Don't strain the eyes, just as I do when I go for a run or when I'm walking. And it really helped, and I did notice that I could see more afterwards, so I was pretty pleased about that. That was great. So we just got to get you on a horse, a bicycle, all yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I think I, would, I, it made, I wanted to buy one just oh, so I could ride around oh, and sort of get to grips with it again and, yeah. and prove to myself that it wasn't my periphery. And Well, you have Golden Gate Park so close, you could be riding yeah. around. It's true. So, But I do do the same thing when I'm running. So uh, That's true. it was good practice, yeah. but it was a step up. Yeah. So, but needless to say, for the first hour, I wasn't too... All I, all I was thinking about was how I was going to talk in the podcast about me, you know, driving <laughs> into a car or, or something yeah, like that. yeah. But anyway, it was good to see that it was a very oh. successful trip for the two of us. Yeah, it was. And uh, and we had lots of fun. So certainly check the pictures out on the Facebook fan page to see how uh, somewhat ridiculous that we looked in the jackets <laughs> that they gave us. Um, but also to see what a Segway machine actually is. And after hearing this podcast, they'll probably ban us from any Segway tours. <laughs> yeah, but... we actually we wanted to say, oh, we're going to put this picture up on our Facebook oh, fan page. Right. Go check it out. And then we realized that we probably shouldn't. Because they never let us go on the segways again when they realized uh, the tour guide kept saying, "So what do you do?" Because uh, we had re- done a bunch of recording that day before. That's something you don't do if you go on a segway tour: is stand up and record for three hours before you stand <laughs> up for two more hours on a yeah. segway. But anyway, we kept pu- pumping us for like, "Oh, what do you do?" And we were evasive because we didn't want to. Yeah. Oh, just vision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to reveal. We're LASIK surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> didn't want to reveal that uh, our vision was limited. So yeah. Okay, great. Let's move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is the keys to a successful eye exercise program, part one, which is using correct technique. And this is something that we were going to sort of shy away from because we're certainly not people to be saying this is how a method should be done never deviate from it this is the only way if you don't do it this way or our way your vision won't improve that's certainly not what we're talking about here and we're trying to maybe set a compromise between the british school system and the say, the <laughs> california schools i'm a, yeah. a native californian and i think all you need to do is look at the, look at the rankings of where american <laughs> is in education in, a, in england uh, will brought up this topic and immediately as a native californian well gosh they're going to think we're so arrogant <laughs> i realize that as a californian we sort of shy away from doing anything correctly or the way it's supposed to be done so so but just like any mm-hmm. exercise it's very important that to begin with at least you stick to the descriptions of uh, people that have worked with it before and know the best way to get the best results and also the safest way 
for them to do the exercises. Just like, say, if you're somebody that doesn't warm up before you go for a run or you don't stretch before you go for a run, right. you're going to get tight muscles and there's a chance you could pull a muscle. Now, not every time, but it's important that you follow sort of a procedure in order to get the best results. And it's good to do it correctly, at least for a while. So you learn the benefits and the steps of the exercise and which parts of the technique are beneficial to you and which are essential, things like that. So what we're talking about here is when you go to the exercises page or when you're on your program and you have the descriptions for each exercise, try and follow all the steps that are there available to you and try not to hide or skip any of them, certainly to begin with anyway. Right. And I, I think that is the temptation. It's like you just listen to it or you just read the directions and then you kind of go, eh, I want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'll just do this. We're just encouraging you in the beginning, at least, to do it uh, step by step. And also time wise as well. We try to cut corners because we don't have enough time. Right. And we, we think that we have a grasp on something. I mean, we all do this, especially as we have such short, not attention span, but everything's now, now, now. So everything is making quick decisions all the time. You know, trying to learn, you know, 50 things at once. Right. So when you come across something like eye exercises and it's like, oh, okay, palming. So this is what palming does. And I'm just going to. Right. make my version of it right and that's going to be as successful and there's a good chance that you might be and and we said from the beginning here and in lots of our literature that the goal is that you take on the exercises and then you adapt them to your lifestyle then you make your own versions if you can right. of those that would be perfect but if you don't have those core essentials in there to each exercise that when you go to adapt it, you might be adapting it in the wrong way or you might be adapting it to something that isn't as useful for you or isn't going to be as successful for you in the future. And then a couple of months down the line, you're going to wonder why you're not achieving the same success that maybe someone else is or that um, you thought you might get if you had done the exercise correctly in the first right, place. Right. And, and if you do it correctly, you'll actually get a feel for how it feels how it, it really how it feels to do the exercise yeah. correctly too so i mean both richard and i are prime examples of people that learn the exercises and then have made adaptations to ourselves and then we're presenting them to you and then you're going to go and do the same but if you don't learn those essence in the first place you know what it, what the technique should be done and how we're guiding you to do it then you might not be as successful right. when you go to right. adapt it yourself so to give some examples in, in palming, as you brought it up, is people often ask us, couldn't I just, um, well, first thing they say is, don't I just do that when I'm asleep? They want yeah. to just avoid the exercise completely and say, oh, I sleep, I close my eyes, it's fine. Because when you look at palming, we say palming is about, you know, switching off the lights and resting the optic nerve, having no light to the retina, and then putting the hands over your eyes as a way to do that. So if you would, you know, if, if you wanted to just take the main bits of that exercise, you could say, oh, being in the dark right. is palming. Right, just being in a dark room is palming, whether it's asleep or whatever, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other thing people want to do is an eye mask. Just wear, Couldn't I just wear an eye mask? Yeah. And it seems like less work or something, or something they're already familiar with. Mm -hmm. and, so, and that doesn't do the same either. Uh, it's beneficial, but it doesn't do the same as palming. So again, it's, it's just taking the idea and then 
sort of creating your own exercise almost in the hope that it would be easier everybody yeah. wants an, an easier way out and certainly with eye exercises it seems to be the opposite way the people that sort of have to work a little bit harder certainly seem to get the more benefits when they try and um, create their own exercises or their own adaptations right so trying to make things easier doesn't tend to always work in the exercise it's sort of like a somebody who wants to become a scat singer you know like a jazz singer or something if they don't study how singing should be done in a formal way, it's fine you're just sort uh, of jumping yeah. ahead to something more yeah. improvisational instead of when you don't learn the the some of the formal stuff first it doesn't always work so and of course with palming the reason why just being in a dark room or just having a face mask isn't as useful and there's many reasons really but one is that the palms are really blocking out all the light that maybe sleeping doesn't do. Having an eye mask could be putting undue pressure around the eyes. And then, of course, there's parts of palming, like having your hands on your eyes where you get the energy and the attention. And also just that active rest, actively resting your eyes right. in the first place. So now that's just something that you don't necessarily think of until it's explained to you. So that's one good example of trying to follow palming all the way through at least for a few months until you get to grips with it and then you can start and make your adaptations from there once you've experienced the guide you know the guided way to do the exercise right right so yeah it's good to print out the directions and read them through and even keep them for a while read them when you're trying to do it in the beginning and then yeah so another example of an exercise that people tend to adapt to themselves just through not because they're lazy or not because they're trying to, but everyone wants their quick. Yeah, everyone yeah. wants to get to the to good vision, the easiest and quickest, quickest way, way possible. So the shifting exercise, some people say when they're doing it, well, as they're going down the letters and it starts getting blurry, they say, oh, well, I can't see the, I can't see the letters. What's the point of doing it? Right. Yeah, they're not motivated to try and look at smaller letters than they normally can see which ironically is the definition of shifting, shifting. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up just looking at the letters they can see and being satisfied and not really challenging themselves to go further down the chart which is why we wrote the instructions that mm -hmm. said go down further down the chart and i think sometimes especially with shifting it can be frustration people right. are like oh i can't read the letters what's the point of doing this right and then finish yeah, with clients, they often say, you know, we say, read this line. And they say, I can't read that line. Yeah, I'm blind. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you've got 20, 30 vision. It's really yeah. not that bad. Yeah. Um, so you have to be aware of these things because you're, you're doing these exercises by yourself. So it's important that you don't try and cut too much corners or indeed, you know, you get frustrated with something in particular in the exercise and you think, oh, I'm not going to bother doing that. Right. And uh, nine times out of ten, what frustrates us tends to be the most beneficial right. it's thing, the thing you, you need to do. Yeah, it's the thing you need to work on or challenge. Yeah. Like if you're somebody that, um, that gets frustrated when you wear obstruction glasses. Right. Because um, you find it frustrating to not, you can't see as well with your non-dominant eye. Then that's an exercise for you. Right. I know. It does sound a little uh, cruel of us to say that, but it's true. And I think that's probably one reason why the eye exercises aren't as popular as they could be. It's true. Because people just get frustrated and and nobody wants to uh, work through what's weakening them. and they. You know, it's a, if you think of it, though, as like a gym exercise thing, I think a lot of people who have never gone to the gym have the same experience. They go to the gym. It's like, oh, I hate doing this. I hate doing that, you know. 
And but eventually, when they do it for a little while, they get the endorphin rush. You know, they they start yeah. to feel the good feelings, and that motivates them to do it properly. And yeah. and uh, and we have the good vision is sort of our, our version of the endorphin rush is is an improvement in vision. So and also, I mean, we get that kick as well because we help and see so many other people improve their eyesight right. through doing the exercises. So we're seeing it on a daily basis. So it's so easy for us to follow them and encourage others because we see the benefit but certainly it's different if you're coming across eye exercises for the first time and you don't have the same experience that we do and have seen the same success that we have so it's a little bit more difficult to do it in the early stages when you're a little bit skeptical so there we are then some uh, brief information there on how it's good for you to try and follow the descriptions of the techniques in the exercise section at least to begin with to make sure you can get the best result as possible for your vision improvement. And I think now it's about a good time to move on to a question of the week. The question this week comes from a client who asks us, how can I speed up my vision improvement progress? And it's kind of funny, really, because we were just talking about people cutting corners. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So, but with natural vision improvement, there really is no quick pill that you can take in order to uh, speed these things up. But certainly there are a few few things that you can do that do speed things up. And one of them is certainly better blood flow. And we keep talking about this time and time again on the healing properties of the blood and getting the nutrition to the eyes. Yeah, and maybe the other one would be, that's very good, increased blood flow. Well, increased nutrition, too, would, would yeah. speed it up as well. And maybe, uh, yeah, getting doing juicing or something that adds a little more nutrition mm-hmm. to the system. So those are two good things. Uh, the other one would be maybe improving your visual habits. So just watching how you're using your eyes and how you're misusing your eyes. Because every time you're doing that, you're in some ways setting back your progress. I mean, you could imagine if you're somebody that has a presbyopia and you're working at a computer for you know 10 12 hours a day right and you get frustrated when you do 10 minutes of eye exercises a day and you wonder why you're not seeing you know those quick improvements yeah like for me it's like not using reading glasses or magnifiers so much because every time i do that in some ways i i set back my presbyopia progress yeah So certainly being aware of what you're doing in the first place and also what's causing the condition. This is something that very few people look at. They just try and treat the symptoms instead of treating what's causing it in the first place. So presbyopia is, you know, stiff ciliary body and stiff lens. So you want to treat the symptoms, but also treat what's causing it and work with that as well. Yeah. Um, And obviously doing what we said earlier in this podcast is doing the exercises correctly mm-hmm. will speed up your progress if you if you cut too many corners you're not going to see the progress that you so for instance if you're sunning and you're it's like oh, i don't have much time i'm going to do this really quickly and i'm going to move my head really quickly and i'm not going to go all the way to the sides yeah you're doing sunning but maybe you're not getting the full benefit for those if you spend another minute or two doing it and doing it more properly and correctly then maybe that would speed up your progress as well And of course, everything throughout all of these podcasts and all our blogs and most of the literature on our website is about creating a program and trying to stick to the program. So one way to speed up your vision improvement is to actually dedicate time to the exercises and stick with the program instead of maybe doing one or two days 
and then you come back in three weeks time right do another one or two days come yeah, back in a month's yeah. time one or two days it's saying okay i'm gonna give this a good shot i'm gonna try and work on it every day as you know if possible right and maybe maybe i might skip one day a week one or two days a week um you know when i really couldn't help it but just trying to stick to the program and having something that when you do fall off the horse you can always get back on again having that program there mm-hmm. that you can just pick up where you left off and just keep going instead of being like oh i haven't done my exercises and oh and now i can't remember what i'm doing and right right you know you can just jump straight back on jump straight into that program and keep going right and probably the last factor, which is a, seems contradictory, but it isn't to what we just said, which is integration. So if you're doing, you have a formal eye exercise program of say an hour, if you then add in an hour of integration every day, so you're doing um, sunning in between bus rides, or mm-hmm. you're doing palming when you're at work at your computer, things like that, then you're really you're doubling the effort in some ways. If you yeah. if you can create integration steps as well, then you're really going to speed up your progress. And as we said before, habit turns to function. And if you're somebody that starts resting your eyes more periodically throughout the day, then you're going to start seeing those benefits with very you know, little effort after some time because it's just part of your habit. So really being able to fit those exercises in, integrate them in so it's just part of your everyday life means you're going to start seeing progress that much more quicker. Right. And then once they're they're really integrated in, it really won't seem like much effort at that point. So you're getting a lot of benefit for, for less and less effort. And even if you do find that you get busy and your program starts taking second best to everything else uh, mm-hmm. that's going on in your life or something else takes over, like taxes. Like buying a house. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it means that even though you might not be doing your program, then at least you've integrated them into your life. So whilst you're waiting to get back on the horse, so to speak, whilst you're waiting for whatever it is that's taken over the hour in your day that you're doing your eye exercises, at least you've integrated them in. At least you're still doing the exercises without feeling like you have to. Right, and you're not falling so far backwards when you yeah. don't yeah, when you don't have time to do the formal exercises. At least you're sort of, I guess, maintaining at a level. Mm-hmm. And then when you start doing the formal program again, then that's when it kicks you back up another right, step and that's right. when you start seeing the improvements again instead of going all the way back right you know two three months and then go forwards and then back and then it just gets frustrating it does yeah okay great well i hope you enjoyed this week's podcast as always you can head over to our facebook fan page and if you like our page over there and join our facebook community you can also get access to some of the great pictures and information that we've got going on and also an insight into how Richard and I are getting on with our vision on a regular basis. You can also contact Richard and I through Twitter. We both have regular updates on our Twitter accounts. You can find that information on our website. Certainly if you're listening to this on YouTube, then you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and get instant access to all the videos that we release. If this is on iTunes, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes to make sure you don't miss out any of the latest information that's going on in the world of Envision Self-Healing. And if you've not done so already, check out the free ebook that's available on our website called A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight, where there's a lot more information on how you can improve your eyesight and also some knowledge and a little bit more in-depth information on how these exercises are working for Lots of people all the way around the world and how indeed Richard and I are improving our own eyesight through doing them.
So good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.